The Tumblers Willie podcast, episode seven, Race to the Stars. Hi again, everyone. I'm Andy Barbro, American television writer. I'm Andy Stanton, British children's author. Welcome once again. Uh, yeah, big shout out to all you tumbleheads. Yeah, yeah, all you tumbleheads, all you fans of what is for most of us. Well, certainly for you and I, Andy, uh, the most fascinating show the medium of television has ever spewed up. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, listen, if you feel that the first several episodes of our podcast have been thick, Get ready, okay? Put put on your thick pants. <laughs> yeah, put on your thick pants, folks. And uh, if I say so, uh, your thermoresistant spacesuit, if you have one handy, uh, mm-hmm. m- metaphorically, because uh, we've come to a really exciting era in the show's history, uh, one that not many people could have anticipated at the time, but which does now seem like uh, an obvious move in retrospect. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So here we are. We've come to the 1970s, the, um, what, the, the seventh decade of the 20th mm-hmm. century, I believe, and... In the world of entertainment, there's suddenly this impetus to fashion stories set in space, Mm. uh, to spin tales of far-off civilizations, a, a mania, if you will. Yeah, I'd say mania is the only word, uh, or a fixation, that's also the only word. Exactly, exactly. Or, or an obsession, that's also the only word. Exactly. Any single one of these words could be the only word. But yeah, overnight it seems, science fiction is the order of the day. You know, it's everywhere. It's all anyone craves. Right, right. Hollywood, of course, embraced this new trend. Uh, the 70s was the decade of the space movie, the huge summer blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, they sold a lot of popcorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was spectacular, seat-of-your-pants stuff. Uh Films like uh, Rocket to France, uh, The Crumble Paradox. Nebula of Menace. Uh, oh, Astronaut in a Pickle. Astronaut in a Pickle, absolutely. Uh, the Thranton Project was massive around that time. Oh, yeah. Everyone remembers the Thranton Project. Um, and, of course, Star Wars, even. Yeah, yeah, that would uh, certainly belong in the same category, I suppose it would. Um, but, you know, it wasn't just movies. It was books. It was pop music. Uh, ballet was surprisingly quick off the mark. Oh, ballet embraced the space race faster than any other medium. Hmm. So so many ballets set in space. Yeah, Swan Lake in space, uh, Romeo and Juliet in space. Mm, the Nutcracker versus Alien. That was a good one, very spacey. Uh, mm-hmm. Zorba the Greek in space, uh, Cinderella on the moon. Mm. Sleeping Beauty versus Alien and Nutcracker. Yep. In space. I mean, a lot of this looks, uh, you know, of its time to us now, but on its own merits, uh, you know, some really, really good stuff in there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as you might expect, none of this escapes the notice of our favorite television program, Andy. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Tumblr's is right on this for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I say uh, from this vantage, it was surprising at the time, but perhaps it would have been even more surprising if they hadn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, jumped aboard the intergalactic bandwagon, as it were. <laughs> and jump they did. It was 1974, and Tumblr's was heading to the stars. So how do you do it? How do you turn a drama that's largely set in a small English village into a... 
right. Quick. Pew, 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 pew. I am a robot. Yeah, well, it all starts with a vision. So let's talk about the director during this era, Dennis Neasley, because this abrupt narrative shift into science fiction is really his baby. Right, right. It's really Neasley's thing for sure. Yeah. At first, he encounters some resistance. Uh, uh-huh. Most of the cast were like, oh, hell no, we're not doing this. We're, we're not following this fad, you know. But Dennis Neasley, who had taken over from the previous director, Sir Bertold Bertold, Neasley had been brought in hastily, mm-hmm. uh, never really allowed to flourish until this point, re- really seen as the placeholder director. They, that's what they called him. Right, right, which he was actually very proud of because he had no understanding yeah. of what the word placeholder meant. He mm. thought it was one of the highest accolades possible. He'd say, uh, I'm the placeholder director. You know, he'd proudly tell all and sundry, I hold the place. Yeah, yeah, he he thought it was so important. Oh, they used to tease him. Uh, they, they were just laughing behind his back. Oh, uh, my God. But, yeah, you know, but... again, again, when he heard the sniggers, he had no understanding of what that was all about either. He said, uh, mm. everywhere I go, beautiful music follows me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, very askew comprehension of most aspects of human behaviour, you'd have to say. But, you know, for all his foibles, I do think Neasley, warts and all, and let's face it, he was covered in warts. He was covered in literal warts, yeah. yeah. He was. He looked more like something that would grow in the sea than an actual person. He was disgusting. Right, 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 right. Barnacle Dennis, they called him. Barnacle Dennis. And I think that's where that song came from, Barnacle Dennis. Barnacle Dennis, yeah, yeah. I think it may be. A citation needed. Uh, (laughs) uh, Sorry, I I should say citation was the name of a popular 1970s wart removing cream. So uh, Yes, yes. citation was definitely needed. Oh, yeah, 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 very much so. But um, Barnacle Dennis, uh, rather a cruel nickname, but once again, it bounced right off him. He thought that was a compliment too. Yeah, yeah, he thought it meant he was very tenacious. Absolutely, he did. But uh, anyway, here comes Neasley, uh, fresh from his meeting with the BBC bigwigs in early 74, and he tells the cast and crew, well, they want us to take the show into space. And it went back and forth. Well, they don't, Dennis, you're misunderstanding again. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. they do, they do, he said. Yeah, well, okay, Dennis, what exactly did they say? And he was like, well, they said, do not take the show into space. It's imperative that you do not steer the program in this direction. Yeah, yeah, and they argued with him until they were blue in the face, but he remained firm. But it's, it, it, it doesn't seem to be what the BBC want at all, Dennis. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm the director. Yeah, you're the placeholder director, though. Yes, you're right. I am the placeholder director. I hold the place. Well done, me. So, you know, wart-encrusted oath or not, he overrides the objections of his colleagues and he immediately sets about retooling the show. Uh, work begins on the construction of an enormous rocket ship down at um, uh, uh, Ealing Studios. Ealing Studios, thank you. Uh, fashioned from perspex and silver paint over at Hangar 13. Uh, you know, this is a major prop around which tumblers could construct dynamic, space-rich new storylines as Neasley for some reason believed the BBC desired him to do. Yeah, he brought in science fiction writers, some of the heaviest hitters of the day. He, he brought in Isaac Asimov, Arthur C. Clarke. Ursula Le Guin. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he also brought in just a friend of Ursula Le Guin's. Right, Pam. Pam, on the assumption that they probably had a lot in common and that Pam would also turn out to be a good science fiction writer. Yeah, yeah, which she ended up not. But Yeah, Pam ended up really stinking the room out. But, you know, Pam or no Pam, uh, a script was hastily repurposed. Episode 33 of the uh, 1974 season. Right, right, right. An episode that had originally centered on Farmer Muley's bovine inoculation program. Mm. It was the climax of a storyline that had shown tumblers to be capable of real subtlety and nuance, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was a very quiet story, Andy. But... um you know, it was testament to a burgeoning mm. maturity within the show. Uh, Stephen Smales, the actor who portrayed Farmer Muley, mm. uh, there were whispers that he might be in the running for a BAFTA on the strength of it. 
Oh, he was in the conversation for sure. But of course, all of that now had to be scrapped in favor of a story whereby the villagers somewhat recklessly decide to hop aboard this spaceship and go explore the galaxy. Yeah, which was, you know, devastating for Smales. He never quite recovered. Right, right. His wife left him. Yeah, and he wasn't even married, so really a double blow. So, the rocket was ready, courtesy of the boys from the BBC props department. The script was, if not entirely convincing, then certainly serviceable. The goldfish bowls and jumpsuits had all been purchased. However, there's one last obstacle for Neasley, and that is Tumblr himself. Right, because for nearly 20 years, if you remember, the show has been painstakingly establishing the character of Tumblr. Exactly, and it's been so gradual, you know, by having the character walk very, very slowly into shot a little closer each week, uh, beginning in 1954, when he first appears as a speck on the horizon. Right, by 1959, you could make him out as an actual man for the first time. Yep, by the mid-60s, he's performing clearly discernible actions, mm-hmm. but still very much in the background, you know. Uh, R- right, right, we, we see him stoop to pet Tommy Tribble's spaniel in an episode in 1965. Uh, later that year, he brushes away way a fly. That's right. Uh, He's first acknowledged by name in 1970 uh, when Mrs. Mango, the piano teacher, catches sight of him in the park and remarks, ooh, looks like Tumblr's out for a stroll in the middle distance. Right. But of course, what the entire nation is waiting for is that magic moment when he's finally near enough to really start... Yeah. Interacting with the other characters, you know, uh, start affecting the action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of the marketing had been built around this idea, you know, Mm. that this man was walking, this walking man. Exactly they'd established a character who walks. Right, right, right. But now, here we are in 1974, and all of a sudden, this once innovative thing, this walking that had so captivated the nation for nearly two decades, was no longer enough. Right, the world had moved on. In an era obsessed with intergalactic space battles, this is clearly not going to work. It's not going to fly, you might say. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The slogan, you'll believe a man can walk, failed to ignite anyone. Well, most of the public were by this point so hooked on science fiction that they said they'd rather kill themselves than watch a show like that. Right, right. And it didn't help that the actor's name was actually Walker, too. That's right. His name was Luke Walker. Luke Walker, yeah. Which uh, yeah. people just, you know, people weren't at all excited by this man's real life name, uh, Luke Walker. It just felt like something was missing. Yeah. You know, he yeah. could not have been named in a more pedestrian manner, unfortunately. Right, right. And just to compound the situation even further, Walker's entry line as Tumblr, when he did arrive center stage, was going to be, and Tumbleheads all know this, but (laughs) it, it was going to be, hello, I've arrived by ground. Hello, I've arrived by ground. You know, it, it won't do. It clearly won't do. So, uh, Neasley, uh, to his credit... Uh, to, to his credit, he instantly fires Luke Walker with no exit package, no recourse to management, just goodbye, you know, hmm. one week before he's due to utter that line. Yeah, that famous line, which, by the way, he'd been eagerly rehearsing for the preceding five years or more. You know, he was incredibly excited, uh, you know, incredibly excited about finally being able to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the public were, all they'd been talking about for years was, I wonder what Tumblr's first line will be. You know, oh boy. the bookies were taking <laughs> massive bets on what it would be. There was a whole economy built around this. Yeah, yeah. Enormous expectation. But yes, then just one week before his big moment, he walks in for the dress rehearsal and Neasley takes him aside. He says, Luke, mate. Luke, Luke, old chum. Sit down for a minute, he says. Yeah, sit down. I mean, can you imagine? 
And actually, Walker had not sat down in over a decade. Well, he hadn't. He hadn't. He, he, he was method. That's the thing. He was like, well, would my character sit down? <laughs> I mean, the one thing we know about this character is that he walks. Exactly. So he says to Neasley, uh, well, what's this about? I mean, you asked me to sit down now, of all times, at, at this moment in history? I'm about to arrive by ground, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. He simply refused. Yeah. Neasley reiterated, sit down. Walker refused again. It became a standoff, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Because there was an old BBC adage that you never fire a man standing up. It was like a law of the Old West or something. Uh, it was considered very bad form, yeah. Yeah, not cricket, not cricket. Right, uh, right, right. And that could be why he refused to sit. I mean, that was pretty cagey on his part. I mean, mm -mm. he said, oh, because my character wouldn't <laughs> sit. But I think he knew. I, I think he must have known what was coming. Oh, he must have known in some way. I mean. Yeah, yeah. And there are stories. I mean, look, there, there are so many actors who were able to save their own jobs by refusing to sit. Well, Ealing Studios was littered with them. Ealing Studios was littered with aging actors hanging onto their livelihood simply by stubbornly well, standing it out, was the phrase. Mm, right, right. They would eat standing up. They would sleep standing up. Yeah, and the BBC was unable to fire them, uh, according to etiquette. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Neasley knew that he couldn't let this one slide. You know, the public mood would not permit it. And, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, in the end, they were forced to build a chair into yeah. Walker's actual... Uh, Derrier. Yeah, into his into his buttock. Yeah, as he stood there. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so they built it uh, horizontally into his rear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they manufactured some curved legs, so he became almost like a, a table person or a, a wooden centaur. Right. Well, well, no, they actually tilted. They built a gimbal so that oh. they could tilt. You know, so that he felt he was still standing, but in fact he was prone. Oh, that's clever. Um, so yeah, yeah, they constructed this gimbal at enormous expense, and then and then they broke it to him. They said, Luke, mate. Really sorry about this. Really sorry, Luke. It's not your day. Yeah, very sadly, we are going to have to let you go. And he said, ah, well, not if I'm not sitting down. They said, Luke. Luke, take a look. Look down at your knees. You are sitting down. What's coming off your ass? A chair. A chair, mate. What did you think all those gimbal builders were doing, Luke? Mm. And he knew they had him. He'd been had? Yeah. He couldn't yeah. do anything about it? He, uh... No, no. And he went medically insane. He went medically insane. He immediately went medically insane. Yeah, he, he took it. Well, well, he didn't take it sitting down, although <laughs> technically he did take it sitting down. He took it sitting down. <laughs> and yet he didn't. Uh, but, but, you know, yeah. he, he, he didn't work in television again after that. So, uh, mm. So, thankfully for the show, the insufferable and irrelevant Luke Walker is gone. Who's Neasley going to get to replace him, though? Well, he says to himself, Tumble is the main character here. He's the guy who really needs to make an impact. And who better to make an impact than an Italian man? Was his thinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're very impactful. They are. So uh, he hires this guy from Naples, Francesco Bottaroli. Francesco Bottaroli. Bottaroli. Bottaroli, yeah, a name that screams space, mm -mm. sky, future. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm on a rocket ship. Yeah, <laughs> Bottaroli. Bottaroli, exactly. I should say, though, uh, this is so interesting to me. This is this just says a lot about what I would term the general public's pig ignorance, really. But uh, Bottaroli mm. in mm. Italian actually means walker. <laughs> but uh, it's the same thing. But no one put that together because uh, <laughs> wow, that, yeah, that's just yeah. one of those sort of funny little quirks of fate, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't write it. You, <laughs> you can't write this stuff, can you? But the thing is, it sounds great. It's convincing. 
It's an actor's surname that the public can really get behind, I think. You know, it's, it's, it's the right choice. The only choice, I'd say. And yet, it's here that Neasley goes out on a limb, and he, he immediately hires a second actor to play Tumblr in addition to the first. Right, another Italian fellow. Yeah, yeah, another Francesco, right? Yeah, also named Francesco. Uh, Francesco Capri. Francesco Capri. Which, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So this is a real <laughs> unconventional move. Yeah, but Neasley, <laughs> his rationale was sometimes they don't show, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he said, we're, we're just going to hire two Francescos, you know, and see which one, you know, because one's probably not going to make it. So Yeah, yeah. And I think also he just uh, he just thought it would be funny. He said, uh, why not? Botteroli can play Tumblr. Capri can play Tumblr. You know, it'll be fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And people went mad for this. They could not wait to see one character being portrayed by two different actors. Seeing double, screamed the headlines. It's an embarrassment of tumblers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Suddenly, Neasley's being hailed as a genius. Well, sure. A, a placeholder genius, though, they called him. Yeah, a place a placeholder genius. Yes, yes. And, until we can find a better genius. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, Francesco Botteroli, uh, Francesco Capri, uh, both very fiery characters. Uh, oh, both. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. as are all Italians, every last one. Uh, a a mm. passionate people, we should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, although in actual fact, the two men were very different in, in lots of ways. You know, as they say, united by name, divided by nature. Right. United by name, divided by nature. Because they were. They were in as much as they both did have the same first name. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, just to analyze that and go a little deeper. But yes, they were united by name uh, because it. Uh, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but 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 their nature. Yeah. They they had different natures. I think is what the second part of that phrase is telling us. Right, I think so. Uh, uh, so Francesco Botteroli, Francesco Capri. You know, absolutely at loggerheads with each other from the get go. Could not be more different. Yeah. No, no. Although united by name. Yeah, both passionate for sure, but both fiery and passionate. Mm, yeah, so we should say uh, united by name, divided by nature. Um, but yeah, both passionate, I think we could safely add to that. Mm, but both passionate, yeah, yeah, that's the full expression. Right, so maybe uh, united by name, divided by nature, but also united when it comes to passion. Yes, yeah. But then I do think that we should just go back and say, you know, but overall... Overall, divided, divided, divided by nature, divided by. Yeah, yeah. Just to nail it, to to drive it home. Mm. Yeah. We should reiterate Mm. um, overall divided by nature. Well, either. So I I think it's whilst united by name. Right. United by passion. United by passion. United by passion. But but, but, but divided by the passion as well, I think. Well, yeah. Because they both definitely had passion, but they didn't. Well, they had a different passion. Mm -hmm. Passion ended up dividing them in some ways yeah yeah and then again you know had one of them been less passionate uh-huh. they might not have fought so much yeah i think that's it i think what well, i think they were united by a divisive passion actually yes 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 and that's what really divided them was that was that unity okay so i think could one summarize it uh the two francescos uh united by passion mm-hmm. divided by passion mm-hmm yes Okay, but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. But also united by name, yes. Exactly. Yes. Let's not yeah. forget that. They, they were united by name. So, um, sorry, could, could one go even further? Could one say uh, united by first name, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. And then divided by... One could. 
and divided by surname because that's the point at which it, you know, that's they've got different surnames. That's the thing. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's the breaking point. Th- that's right. I mean, why make life hard? I mean, this is the core of it. We're, Thank we're you. Right at the. Yeah. yeah, because their first names, they, they were united by that. I mean, right. Let's just recap. Uh, Francesco mm-hmm. and then Francesco. It's the same thing. They're definitely running in tandem. They're united. At that point, yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, the surnames, as we've established, divided by, because again, let's just mm. say them out loud, Andy, uh, Botteroli. Bot- Botteroli. Is one. Yeah. And then uh, Capri. Capri. So they're, def- they're different. So they're, they're divided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we should make it clear again, you know, united in the sense that they both have a first name to begin with. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's that's important. And a surname. Huh, that unites them. Uh, right, right. You, you, united by both having a name and a surname. Yeah, this is how entwined they were. Yeah, yeah. And yet divided by both at the same time having passion, but uh-huh. for different things. Right, right. S- yeah. S- sorry. <laughs> um, sorry. S- sorry, let <laughs> me just reiterate. Uh, um, it does get complicated, but... Well, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I think my feeling is that because the first name is the same, you know, is mm-hmm. Francesco, and then mm-hmm. the other one is also Francesco. Yeah. They definitely do coincide at that point. We can, you know, we can say that. One could say that they're united at that point. Mm. One could. One could certainly say that. And then the surname, on the other hand. Yeah, yeah. There's there's where they differ. That deviates, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that That's where they deviate. Exactly. That is the point at which we isolate it. We can isolate it there. That's where they're no longer running in parallel. Because, sorry, again, um, just to get it clear, uh, Botteroli is different. And, and people have studied this. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's verified that they did not have the same last name. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm merely... It's hard to know. I'm thinking here, but... Yeah, yeah. But I, I think the main thing uh-huh. that united them was definitely their, their, their first name. Mm. Anyway, they did not get along, for sure. Right, to cut to the chase. Okay, so let's get into that first day of shooting. The rocket is ready. They've been working around the clock to get it done. Uh, It's lying there, glistening in the early morning sunlight. And the two Francescos, they turn up on set prompt as ever. United by promptness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, neither knew that the other was to play the same part, you see. So they arrive on set. Uh, how do you do? I'm Francesco. Oh, I'm Francesco. That's nice to meet you. Aha, that's interesting. We're united. You know, famously, they said to each other, it looks like we're united by name. Right. This brought them together at first. It united them. Ah, but uh, it, it wasn't to last as things turned out. Yeah, yeah. They were just about to become instant lifelong friends. And then the next moment, they were each handed the same script. And that's when they realized, oh, we're both, you know, so how are we going to work this out? Right, and I know we know the answer already, but for our listeners... uh... (laughs) Well, very sadly, Mm. there's no nice way to put this, but they killed each other. They did for each other. Yeah, yeah, on that first day of shooting. On that very first morning on set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stopped each other's clocks. uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were united in being Uh unable, I guess, to overcome their differences, Mm. which had been caused by being united Mm. insofar as they were both hired hired, to play the same character. It's very sad. Yeah, it is. I mean, one, uh, I mean, it, you know, it's probably, it wasn't a nice incident and one would have to be rather ghoulish to go into it in any real detail. But unfortunately, those are the facts. And, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think for me overall, uh, this was probably a, a dark hour in, in Tumblr's history. 
Yeah, I can see that. Uh, there is a little darkness there. A- 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 and at this moment, mm. where all the world wanted to do was enjoy stories set in space. Yes, you know? yes. And it seemed as if we were going to get there, but then... Right, the rocket never took off, as it were. Uh, the rocket never took off. You know, within minutes of meeting each other. Uh, w- within seconds. Within microseconds of meeting each other. They... Well, not within microseconds, no. But ah, yeah, cer- right. certainly within seconds. They both flew off the handle with the rest of the cast just looking on, agog. Yeah, Neasley didn't understand, of course. Uh, old Barnacle Dennis thought this meant his two lead actors were getting on famously. Uh, right, right, right. But look, it wasn't a nice chapter. It wasn't nice at all. Um, you know, one does hesitate to go into the details, but uh, words like uh, scratching comes to mind. Mm, yeah, uh, words yeah. like uh, boulders comes to mind, Andy. Boulders, boulders. Yeah. Uh, one, one hesitates to examine the circumstances. Uh, well, one hesitates, yeah. but uh, Words like... Uh, Dull knives, uh, paring knives. Yeah, comes to mind. Comes to mind. Comes yeah. to mind. Uh, but, uh, but I mean, you just yeah. W- words like intestines comes to mind. Mm, comes to mind. Yeah. Comes to mind. I mean, one would not wish to dwell on the niceties at all. No, one wouldn't wish to, for decency's sake, if nothing else. The, uh, uh, right, right, right. Uh, but words like twisting the anus. Yeah, twisting out of true. Yeah. Comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one refrains from, one draws a veil, really. Words like uh, sticking drawing pins into the eyeball mm, comes yeah. to mind. Comes to mind. Comes to yeah. mind. Uh, one would rather, if one could, avoid such unpleasantries altogether, but uh, mm, mm-hmm. words like... Uh, words like foot removal. Yeah, comes to mind. Comes to mind. Uh, yeah. Words like hung, drawn and quartered comes to mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. But one simply hesitates to, Ooh, no. you know, to bring into the discussion. Well, one would rather focus on higher things, actually. But uh, yeah, yeah. Words. Uh, Fork torture comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. trembles at the notion of lingering on such depravities. Uh, we would never. We would never. One would yeah, never. Yeah. One would never. Yeah. But, but yeah, words like feeding to the pigs comes to mind comes to mind yeah, yeah. Dearie me. but thankfully we, we we don't traffic in such ugliness here but no lesser podcasts may very well do for all i know but uh, yeah i know yeah, i yeah, refuse yeah. Uh, you yeah. know not not us no why should we actually right 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 to be honest you know why should we uh, but i mean mm. words like mm. inside out tongues comes to mind well they do come to mind don't they uh, yeah yeah i yeah, mean yeah. far be it from us far be it from us to pander to uh, yeah 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 the, you yeah, know the yeah. baser the baser instincts of our listeners, but uh, mm-hmm. words like stoving in the skull with a rubber kosh comes to mind. Yeah, does come to mind. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. But which we, dear listener, we would never. No. You know, I mean, these are things, you know, Ugh, clearly yuck. we, we're not this. We're not this podcast. No, 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 no. We're not, and we pride ourselves on that, really. Uh, but yeah, words like uh, forcing a fence post into the buccal cavity comes to mind. Yeah, comes to mind, yeah. Yeah, they do. They do bubble up in the consciousness, don't they? They do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they do come to mind. But, um, you know, we will draw a line under this whole unfortunate contretemps and we'll simply say that with the demise of the two Francescos, the momentum had gone and the urge to dominate the galaxies was no more. For tumblers, this glorious experiment... Th- this ambitious foray into the beyond was finally over. Was finally over before it had even begun in any commonly understood sense of the notion. 
Well, there we are. But I do think, as is so often the case with this remarkable show, that in failing to achieve even the tiniest fraction of a percent of what it set out to do, I think in a way mm. it did actually succeed. I think it succeeded completely, actually. I, I think it did. I think yeah, it did. Yeah. And people who have seen that B-roll of that... Mm of that horrible double murder that we, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we won't get into, but words like words like battery acid comes to mind, comes to mind, comes to mind. They do come to mind though, don't they? But, uh, they, they do, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but people who have seen that footage mm. have said that it, it does, it does hold up. Sure. You know, it makes for a very good tumblers episode yeah, in yeah, its own yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, one rather beautiful footnote to the whole thing, I don't know if it's what either of the Francescos would necessarily have wanted, but they mm-hmm. ended up being buried together in the same grave. Mm, mm, mm. And, and I believe that they were actually buried, that they repurposed the rocket ship, uh, Neasley's beloved rocket ship uh, for the for the coffin. Did I read that? That's correct, Andy. They they were outfitted in, well, what, what remained of the bodies was... Uh, mm. Words like little more than shreds comes to mind comes to mind but uh yeah insofar as the undertakers were able to reconstruct yes they outfitted the pair of them as interstellar co-pilots and they buried the scraps i suppose buried the scraps thank you they were yeah they were interred together in the rocket ship for all eternity that's correct Mm. you could not wish for a more appropriate resting place for an intergalactic spaceship than six feet under the ground Indeed, indeed. And the inscription on their tombstone reads, you can still see this today at Headington Cathedral in Wessex, if you've a mind to do so. Uh-huh. But it reads, uh, Francesco Botteroli, Francesco Capri. United by name, divided by nature. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> so moving. Wow. It, it's so moving. It is. It is. <sighs> Ugh. Well, there you are. We'll be back next time. The two Andes united by name. And by nature. Uh, the nature of loving Tumblr's Willie. <laughs> the nature of loving this extraordinary show. I, I hope you've enjoyed our brief sojourn to infinity and beyond. Uh, so until next time, Tumbleheads. Keep watching the Live skies. Live long and prosper. Podcast Network.